0: I'm gonna throw a two, one, and I'm gonna- One two three four five six. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. What a fucking beautiful Thursday it is. Have you yourself a refreshment. Let's have go. yourself a slip. Ah, good to be alive, ladies and yes, gentlemen. It is. okay beautiful oh fuck okay beautiful uh episode 66 um sponsored by patreon.com slash Academy. every month for the top tier guys we're doing a memorabilia giveaway so some shit from fighting some shit from UFC whatever, whatever whatever you want every month we're doing a random giveaway for those top tier members and then once a month for all the members I'm doing a, a giveaway for probably three giveaways a month so we're doing a lot of giveaways on there a lot of extra content on there if you support the pod uh, please subscribe. We're over 30,000 subscribers now, so I'm pumped about that and uh, if you really want to support the pod, patreon.com/ redhawk Academy. I'm here with my friends, my good friends Kyle, and my buddy Levi. Kyle's been on some previous episodes. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember him, but he's got a fucking crazy story, dude. Any Any time I'm bitching about shit and I got shit going on in my life, it's easy to just put it in perspective because you're our fucking buddy you're a boy you're dealing with some serious shit how old were you when you were when you got diagnosed when they said it's, it's terminal cancer it's never going to go away how old were you
1: let's see I was first diagnosed probably 35 and there was a little bit misdiagnosis at the beginning we were stage four to start and when I officially got the terminal status that was probably five six late years later I was probably around 40.
0: so you so how many kids did you have when you were 35?
1: 35 let's see one two three three kids and you went into the doctor for what reason uh i had a had a lump growing out the side of my neck and i was just kind of getting my career was building i was in a kind of athletic training stuff and i was getting tired a lot easier i was getting sick faster and this lump kept growing and i was just in denial uh i was really into holistic stuff didn't know anything about cancer chemo didn't know what that was how big it it, it ended up getting to the size of a softball fuck (laughs) right and i was there was just a fucking
0: (laughs) saggy tit there
1: (laughs) right exactly and it it was kind of firm so you know it was uh the i went into the doctor finally i was really at the time against the whole medical field i finally went in there and he said you you definitely have cancer it was probably (laughs) serious and i was like
0: did they did they how did they know did they he just
1: saw he saw it and he looked at my labs my my blood work looked horrible and things and and I wasn't presenting well. So he, right after that, though, I actually chased a lot of trails. I, I chased the uh, Rick Simpson oil, cannabis stuff. I called all around the world trying to find trails somewhere. Somebody would write you know, something up that they had beat cancer without any chemo. Nobody wants to do chemo. And I finally, it was actually a dentist. I was starting to lose teeth. Went to a dentist, and he was an older guy, and he just looked at me i eye eye, sat down in front of me and said son you got cancer and that's when it kind of hit me i was like oh shit, i gotta go do chemo <laughs>
0: man that's fucking wild dude that's fucking crazy yeah. so you've been battling that now for it's about uh,
1: 11 years or so
0: 11 years and then yeah. when you find out it was terminal it's like is there ever, ever any point because you're always coming around the gym you're all, always coming around all the guys and you're always in such a good mood you're always uplifting everyone else
1: you guys make it easy man you set the tone as a leader man that's that's for sure this that that definitely coming into this place absolutely changed my life and made me even you know comfortable to be that way Mm -hmm.
0: yeah because i'm i'm like what the fuck, How? how is just Kyle so upbeat and always lifting everyone up and, and everyone looks up to you so much in so many different ways too. Is there ever points where you start to feel bad for yourself? And then if there is, like, how do you get out of it?
1: I think the the hardest thing I go through is when I be, might become a burning on somebody. You know, with with Aura, uh, my wife, it's sometimes it's like, oh no, we, get, we got some bad news and now I know we're going to have to go through some rough treatment. And especially because, you know, how it is you, you're running a business or running a, a new business and that uh, it creates a little bit more burden on her. So we had some trouble, especially early, early in the relationship. We've been together five, five and a half years now where I would just kind of push her away and almost be mean to her. Cause I wanted to make it easier for her. And that still kind of happens. We ended up getting a, a uh, person. It's hard to find somebody that can kind of counsel these situations, but we found a chaplain at a hospital and, she was able to kind of counsel, counsel us a little bit and get me to kind of calm down about that and just see that, hey, Ara, Ara loves me. And she, that's, that's never, who wants to be with the terminal cancer patient, but she chose to do that. And for some reason, <laughs> you know, we're, we're together, but that's, that's probably the hardest thing out out of everything. Sometimes it's a little frustrating if, you know, I'll, uh, Levi and I talk about this a lot as a, I'll sign, you know, sign up for a tournament or something and I'm feeling really good, I'm doing good and then all of a sudden, right, it's kind of like an up and down thing. So sometimes it's a little bit frustrating if things have to change, but overall it's, you know, great grateful to be around and like I said this community makes it easy. This is I can't I've never heard of or been associated even remotely with such a beautiful community of people here. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's fucking amazing too cuz you come in here fresh after chemo's or or just going through this shit which no one has even a clue what the fuck you feel like <laughs> when you're doing that but you're still coming in here training hard always doing the best you can i mean it's just so fucking impressive and Ara- arab is just pretty much a uh a super she superhuman is. too she's she fucking is. awesome she's so cool you guys person. got the recharge center going on it's in the same co- complex it's a couple doors down from the gym you guys got the recharge center you're selling all organic uh Uh, meals for ten dollars a meal and they're just fat portions and arabelle's an expert cook Um, how did that come about
1: yeah so ara has always she's from the philippines originally so since she was a little kid she lived in a very kind of uh third world village with dirt floors and things and she grew up just she kind of sees sometimes on somebody's tv kitchens and so she started making kitchen kitchen with you know playing kitchen with the shells and she's always just had a passion to cook for people. So she started to, she kind of supported herself on the side in the Philippines by hustling and selling different foods and stuff. And she, her dream was always to move to the United States, took her 11 years to petition and uh, is to be able to cook for people and to achieve the smile. When she hears like you come in and you're like, oh, I love, love the food. It's good. That's what she lives for. She doesn't care about how much she sells or the money or anything. So when I had been dropped from my uh, program, my BMT, bone marrow transplant program, the seven years at Specialized Care for Cancer, they were basically like there's nothing more that we can do for you with with treatments and things unless you move to Houston for six months, which was just we decided no. And thanks to uh, uh, Sean Fairchild, art Art of Recovery, I was kind of visiting Art of Recovery at the time and just kind of searching and thinking, what What are we going to do here? This is horrible. My doctor just told me that I won't make it through the year if I don't do that trial. And next to Art of Recovery in this complex here, there was an open space for rent. So he was such an encouragement, you know, doing the cold plunge and doing all those things and having some deep reflection. I thought, you know what? I want to. I'm going to go all in on this space. We're just going to take a huge risk, and thank God we have the support of this this community here, with such an encouragement to us and support as we started. Uh, and was going to get Ara her dream, and if she could get her dream, that was a goal to leave her job and do the dream. I could feel comfortable no matter what happens. Then, yeah. unfortunately, it worked out really well. The business is booming. Uh, Sugar's been a, a huge component of that and giving us some shout outs and stuff and we're doing real good yeah i mean dude it's fucking the sweetest setup because you can come train hard we
0: got die hard uh it's like a a pretty legendary power lifting gym right across the hall but you guys can get a good strong lift in and you can go right down a couple feet away and get a ten dollar organic meal from arabelle i mean it's good it's kind of hard to beat our little complex we
1: got going this place is fire i don't know logan paul had said it looked like an enchanted haunted house but you know what? I'm, I'm liking that whole vibe. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> it. It's more gritty. It makes it even nicer.
0: <laughs> Did you, were you able to end, uh, check out the show Stuts on Netflix yet?
1: I looked, I I got that last night kind of before I went to bed and I'm so fired up to watch that. I, I looked at the uh, promo for that. That looks beautiful. It's fucking interesting too.
0: And I've always been for the longest time kind of interested in psychology and the way people think and stuff. And he sits down with his therapist and they talk about just ways to improve their life and they just pretty much do therapy for the for the show wow and it's nice because he puts it in a little bit not really complicated just puts it in a different way how to and just for people that come into therapy most therapists don't really give you kind of an answer what to work on but he's like i want to give people an answer what to work on they need to improve their life force and how do you improve your life force is your relationships your sleeping and then like how you eat it's the same shit we talk about all the time just put in a different way but it was it was it's really good how he talks about that and it might uh resonate with some people really good so it's stutz on netflix s-t-u-t-z
1: that sounds amazing i think that you've become a top level psychologist because you have to deal with it's almost kind of like life and death stuff with the fight and I, I'm thinking right now of the on the Patreon. I Highly recommend watching that. I listened to to a little kind of short podcast you and Mariah do together, and she had said on there, uh, "I never knew something like this." I think you were at Team Quest and maybe 19 years old, and I'm guessing, and you're in a room with like Chael Sonnen and all these top level guys. And she was saying that you've always just been kind of a a leader in that. You know, and it, even at that time, people were kind of looking up to you so that there's something too, I think to being interested in that psychology and understanding how people work and how they move and things.
0: Yeah. It's fucking interesting. There's this guy, this is, this, is, um, this author called Ray Dalio and he has this principles book and it's a re- it's a really good book, but he came out with another book and it talks about how you can make principles for yourself. And it also talks about how like building the team of people around you and all the different types of people there are. And he has this, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to send it to Jay in the, and have it in the bio but you scan it on your phone, pull up this app, and they ask, it asks you over 100 questions, just random questions, and you have to go through them, and it kind of shows you what type of person you are and what wow. spot you'll fit in um, when you're working. So he had all his employees, all his people do that and kind of see, be like, okay, this is this type of person. They'll work fit good here. This is this type of person. They'll fit good here. But for me, I don't know where, where that came from. Even when I was 14, 15 years old, I was never the leader in wrestling because I was never good enough. I was always getting beat up, but they used to do smokers around the, my state, uh, high school smokers. And if you go fight, they're three one minute rounds, sometimes three one minute and a half rounds. And if you if you fight, you get one hundred fifty dollars. If you win, you get two hundred fifty dollars. So we're going to different high schools, and I'm recruiting all my buddies to come do do smokers with us. And then they started doing crosstown smokers. So our our high school rival rivalry. They'd have a lineup of their people and the lineup of our toughest people. And we'd get in a gym and both. I mean, the gymnasiums were packed sometimes (laughs) over thousands of people and watching you fight in high school. So I don't know where, I don't really know where that came from. That could be like a, a a natural type thing, but I'm not really sure, but I recommend checking that out on Netflix. Stuts. It's a really, it's a really good show if you're into that kind of shit. So uh, we got my buddy here. uh, Also Levi, Levi, he's a professional baseball player. um, And he's, very passionate about MMA uh works super hard I mean he works like a professional you can tell he's been raised in a professional sport because he treats it like a professional even with the MMA training like there's not really many people that train like you you go do your baseball shit which is I don't know how much that is, but then you come to all the trainings you're never ever missing trainings feeling sorry for yourself just kind of being a bitch you're always at the training it's pretty fucking impressive Um, Is the training way different, like training baseball professionally compared to training for jujitsu or MMA?
2: Yeah, it's way, way different. I think if baseball was like close to as taxing as MMA, I couldn't do it. If it was like uh, football and MMA, they're both like too taxing where you can kind of balance it. baseball, especially as a pitcher, you're pretty much throwing and you know, lift twice a week and that's, that's pretty much it.
0: So you're throwing every day? Yeah, yeah. How do those joints not get just worn the fuck out? Or for a majority of pitchers, do the shoulders get fucked?
2: Uh, I would say there's probably like half and half. Some people are just blessed with like a quote unquote rubber arm mm-hmm. and they just throw all day. And it's like, this dude's never sore. He's just, maybe he even eats like shit. Like it's just, they're blessed with it. And then on the other hand, there's guys that have surgery you know there's yeah. probably in our org maybe like 30 to 50 surgeries a year mm-hmm. and most of those are on pitchers.
0: yeah I mean the, the genes are a real fucking, the real fucking thing dude I mean you have people who are so durable and it kind of kind of what steered me into coaching and start my gym and stuff just injuries back to back to back to back to back to back I get torn bicep torn bicep broke jaw blown out knee and I just kept getting these injuries I'm like I want to be smart I don't want to be sitting here and just be a broke down fighter, just trying to go after this dream. I'm like, I want to be smart. Smart. I love martial arts. I love creating a group. So why don't I kind of start that? And I'm so glad I did. And it all came from me fucking breaking my jaw. I mean, the fight right before I signed to the UFC, breaking my jaw and just having my dreams kind of just shattered and just being fucking pissed. But all this good shit came from that. It's weird how that usually fucking happens. But with uh, so baseball. You're pitching every single day and you're lifting twice a week.
2: Yeah, so you'll pitch twice a week, like off the mound to hitters, but you'll throw every day. Mm -hmm. So the days I pitch off the mound, that's typically your lift days because they want your hard days to be hard and your light days to be light.
0: And for the pitchers, and are are people in baseball uh, fucking around with the stem cells much?
2: No, it's like when I tell them about the stem cells that you got, they're just kind of like, "Let me know how it goes." So they're they're like interested in it but they don't know they don't have an opinion one way or the other yet yeah it could be i mean it could be a good thing i'm still I, I think i'm about three and a half weeks
0: out but i was doing more research and they say it takes five to six weeks for those stem cells to grow things back if they're gonna work you gotta let them work so that's been kind of a battle just not i can't even barely show fucking moves and shit, which is kind of annoying but uh, it's been all right. So, you went back home and st- were training with Nico Price a bit, the UFC welterweight. He's fighting next weekend, I believe, and he's fighting Philip Rowe. You were training with him a bit?
2: Yeah. The, the, I, I was originally just going to go for two weeks. And then I, I went into their gym and they're like, listen, dude, you're you know, the same size as Phil Rowe. Uh, I'm not great or anything like that, and not to that level, but it was a body. And for me, I looked at it as like, this is a good opportunity to kind of be. A sparring partner almost for a camp um, something that I feel like is probably rare in the position I am as far as like my skills and stuff in the sport Mm -hmm. so I was like this is a good opportunity I'm just going to stay you know I'll give him you know the best looks that I have Mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah stayed six weeks and left about he had two more weeks left in this camp so it was like one more sparring week and then this week he's at the fight
0: because where was that at what state Florida Florida and yeah that's, you were back home seeing some family so you got so you got some training I'm surprised So does Nico live a, a long way from American top team or you say he trains at M- MMA
2: Masters MMA right? Masters a couple yeah. times a week or uh once a week yeah for, for what training? for just sparring yeah okay
0: yeah it's interesting going and bouncing around to different uh training places isn't it everyone's just so much different and a lot of gyms even people in the UFC even gyms in Spokane gyms that are pretty popular gyms you go and see their training you're like wow this isn't really it's not really structured professionally but these kids are gritty and tough and if you're it's amazing how far just being gritty tough and durable get you in the UFC You still have to be disciplined you still have to learn the skills but like you don't always have to be a great athlete you don't always have to have the best technique but if you're gritty fucking tough and it's hard to break you you could go pretty far in the sport
2: that was the biggest eye-opening thing when i got there the third day they're like headgear on 16 ounce gloves in the ring and i'm like what the and these guys are swinging like crazy Uh so for me to get hit and like be cornered and they're hitting me It was like the first time where it's like, okay, I'm either gonna fight or I'm just gonna fold. Fucking wilt. So if if I want to do this, like later on, I need to figure out right now if I want to fight or if I'm gonna run in these situations. So it was eye opening.
0: Yeah, everyone's got the fucking dog in them when they're not tired, but make yourself fucking tired get hit in the body a few times and have still some mean guy really on you, on you, on you, not showing one bit of weakness, not showing one bit that he's tired. And then we'll see how much dog you have. Yeah. So that was probably some, a good experience for you. Yeah. Uh, so right now, because you got surgery on your shoulder too, right?
2: Yeah. It's probably been 20 weeks. What kind of surgery? Um, thoracic outlet. So it's they take out the first rib and the scalene and uh, cut the pec minor just to release that so it's it's a newer surgery they Dang. just chop the rib off I haven't like the a lower little jar. rib no no up here top by the collarbone what
0: so you got a little little dent there
2: or <laughs> I can't feel it or anything it doesn't feel any different to me uh-huh. but I have like uh probably two inches of my rib in a little jar at home damn that's pretty cool Fuck yeah so so sweet um yeah
0: liver king liver king gets exposed let's check out this Oh, wait, no, no, this is a different one. Yeah, but Liver King gets heavily exposed. They say he's doing like 20 grand of HGH. I mean, all these news outlets, all these people talking about this shit, it could be completely bullshit. But the fact that he got exposed, it's like we were talking about earlier. He's still spe- sending a good message. His nine ancestral tenants or whatever, they're all positive. But I think where he fucked up is saying, you can look like me doing that. That's kind of where he messed up uh i wonder how long he's been doing that too but clearly dude his fucking abs protrude <laughs> like half a foot seeing him in real life it's like that is fucking absurd how yoked he is so if you, i mean you'd have to to look like that naturally i almost think it could be impossible maybe yeah. not for those some of those guys that are in africa or some of those just freaking nature humans but for someone like that i feel bad for him I mean he probably made a good quite a bit of living from his supplements and he'll probably be just fine but they said he was doing 20k of HGH a month like I said who fucking knows Did you guys watch any of the liver King stuff
1: oh absolutely yeah he's a he's a fun character
0: I I liked him and when I met him he was he was super nice and but you can see how people get mad mm-hmm. you can see see how people be like dude he's just fucking he's bullshit and he's saying that he naturally looks like that from eating raw liver leaked emails shows that liver king was taking on okay 12k worth of pharmaceuticals HGH per month three injections per day all while promoting his brand of holistic lifestyle and ancestral tenants and eating raw meat on camera it's probably HGH is probably what Connor's on too I believe it and you can't be mad at him for that because it's like okay I want to heal my leg and enjoy my life so I have the money UFC's not testing me right now. I'm gonna do some HGH so I can heal up to a hundred percent and be healthy. But that motherfucker's Jack now. You see him (laughs) lately? He's looking about 195 solid.
2: I just wonder what that does like long term if you're on all these things.
0: That's the thing. That's the fucking thing. But there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people back in the day in the UFC in Pride that make made big names for themselves. And are making still money from it in this day that were just doing a lot of juice back then, and they beat a lot of people up, and they made the name for themselves. So, when if you look back at it, it's like, hmm, do I regret that? Hard to say. But this is the leaked email. King Brand with a goal of one point. The email got leaked. I've been working out for thirty-five years. I know how to eat, train, rest, and recover. I even, but as I've reached my mid-forties, it's harder. Harder in the back fat fucking. I've started taking om, omnitrope, and then he said, "I'm." My doctor told me that I could be double it. I think it's a hypertonosa. I wonder how his emails got leaked. I'm wondering if taking a fuckload of other possibly interfering with the efficacy. For instance, here's what I'm currently taking: IGF one LR. Been taking this for a year. CGC wimap Been taking this for a year. Ibudimoren been taking this for two months Omnitrope, been taking this for six week test Sype, 0.6 cc per week cruise dose deca 0.6 cc per week been taking this for three weeks windstraw 50 milligrams a day just started this been taking this for three weeks <laughs> that motherfucker i bet he feels like a beast dude <laughs> beast it'd be interesting to see like what gordon ryan's cycle is too because that dude looks like a powerful <laughs> fucking human he looks like he made even the way he made nikki rod look who's a freak of nature crazy. athlete explosive athlete gordon said he's the best athlete he's ever even grappled with which is crazy he grabs his leg with two hands his, grabs his leg with two hands and pulls it in 50 50 and cranks his cranks his heel like made it look that simple who knows how much like gordon ryan was in nikki rod's head before the match but still to do that it's fucking insane
1: and you wrote about the side effects of some of these scenes because he's he's complaining about stomach stuff i remember hearing him on, on rogan mm-hmm. And I know, uh, I remember Brock Lesnar. I think he was busted for HDH early in his career, and then he had diverticulitis. So I uh, think that's one one thing I've seen with these guys using HDH when they take it past, you know, at such a high limit to get there's always some kind of drawback to it, I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fucking up your guts and shit. This is another interesting, interesting story that popped up. Former UFC fighter Tim Kennedy reveals previous HIV scare after participating participating in an orgy with a ring card girl former UFC middleweight contender revealed he underwent concerning HIV scare after participating in a sex orgy with a ring card girl whose results returned positive oh God that'd be scary Kenny had a successful stint for strike force going six and two with wins over notable names Robbie Lawler losses to Jacare Souza Luke Rockhold the San Luis Obispo native fought inside the UFC from 2013 to 2016. Sizeable win over Mike Bisping after dropping blah blah blah. The four-year-old has continued to be an advocate for the sort. Let's see what he says here. Kennedy explained the situation. Had a couple women pregnant and had an orgy after a fight. Tim Kennedy said one of the ring girls that was there tested positive for HIV. So then she tracked down all of her former partners. I was one of the litany of them she walks in the gym and is like hey I'm HIV positive and you should get tested
1: <laughs>
0: my heart would drop
1: oh
0: <laughs> but then it's like well let's go get tested let's fucking handle it it wasn't actually like you're positive or negative Tim Kennedy explained it was we're going to take some white blood cells counts over a few months to see if you're losing your immunity so that sucked um kennedy a 24 fight veteran shared the octagon defeated some great names in the sport blah 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 blah, 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 blah. Hmm, interesting hiv scare you gotta fucking wrap that pickle yeah or you'll get fucking bit um yeah i've been just smoking wise i've been just trying to literally i've been just trying to vape all week i've been trying to put the bong down a little bit and i feel i wake up way more clear headed than when i take fat bong rips but there's something about a fat bong rip where you just go <laughs> you just lose it you've been smoking much kyle
1: uh, off and on it kind of depends what's going on with i got a couple of tiny tumors on the lungs so i kind of got to be careful when those flare up a little bit but i'll uh i'll i'll kind of go through edibles and i'll go through my little things you, you got me into the uh flavor of this volcano the mighty and that that's definitely been a game changer that's I, I too, if I could, I would do bond rips. That's the preferred way. But the mighty seems so much healthier on the lungs.
0: Yeah. What about you? Is it frowned upon, uh, Levi and baseball?
2: Uh, they don't drug test for it anymore, but nobody's like. Open about it. Taking a stance and being like, yeah, I'm smoking weed.
0: So like, are, is a lot, of the, a lot of the baseball, I remember we talked about it earlier. The a lot of them are just, you, you got to kind of be, you got to kind of be, act your certain way.
2: Yeah, you, you have to fit the mold. Okay. Yeah.
0: So if you're a bad boy, if you're a bad boy, say if you had a sugar in MOB he wouldn't
2: last long. You better be really good. <laughs> like really <laughs> good. Like the best ever. <laughs> and then
0: they'll maybe accept him. Right. Even
2: still. Huh? But if you have like one slip and you're that guy, you're out. Where um, like a guy that says the right things. Kind of like similar to how Nate Diaz talks about the champs in the UFC like these dudes they're dorks, but they're wearing the tie, they're picking the fights or whatever they're the ufc's champ but they're not the people's champ similar but way more extreme is like if you don't look the look you know you can't be like i can't come out and say i'm doing this and that and whatever on social media because you'll get they'll, i'll get a text to take that shit down right now and even that, with the mma stuff i have to be super careful yeah about.
0: and you get those texts from like the gm of the team you're, you're playing
2: for usually normally it's like a farm for me I'm in the minor league so it's like the farm director
0: okay and he shoots you over a text and says hey you need to tighten it up a little bit so if you're in the majors and you already got a lockdown you got a lockdown deal and you start acting up a little bit what are they
2: yeah I mean the, just like anything else the better you are the more you can get away with
0: but then as soon as you start slacking a little bit you're they'll, out
2: they'll say all right yeah fuck like when I had the surgery I went mountain biking and I posted it and the next day I was like hey in the office we need to talk
0: Dang, so you got to kind of keep it tight. Keep it tight. Hmm. So, well, I, I, I probably shouldn't talk about really fighting with you too much because I don't want to get you in trouble. I've been, I've
2: been more open about it now. It's it's almost like, okay, I'm going to be me, especially yeah. with the surgery. Like I went through hell and back with the team over the surgery and stuff like that. So now it's like, listen, I'm not, you know, I'm going to give it everything I got here, but I'm also, I like to do this and this is kind of what I would you know I like to do
0: yeah because you've been playing baseball for how long God since I was like five and you're how old 23 23 yeah so you've been playing baseball for a minute and then when did you start kind of finding out you're passionate about MMA
2: I think for me it was just like okay what sport does it was when this when the surgery that stuff started to flare up it was like I work harder than all these guys here what sport does that matter the most in and then that's when and I was a fan of Sean, and I, I messaged I
0: talked in the front of that blue thing there we
2: go I messaged you and Tinkinio, and I think you guys were at a fight and I just rolled in Tinquino's and I was like nervous kind of scared too like oh I don't know how serious this is and at first it was just like I want to learn a couple moves and then six months in I was like oh man this is, this too is fun. sick
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and then you did you kind of keep that away from most people that you were training some jujitsu?
2: pretty much everybody like even my parents at the beginning I was like you know mm-hmm. I kind of kept it as I'm doing this as like a cardio thing and that's kind of it mm-hmm.
0: yeah and now maybe they've accepted they're like he's just passionate about it he loves it he's super into it so fuck it right like, and you're yeah. a fucking grown man now so
2: right like I, I just tell people I'm gonna give both of the things all I got and whatever happens happens yeah you know I'll just let whichever path takes off quicker and then I'll go that route
0: yeah and you're a super smart kid too you like to read read and stuff and you really I feel like you can tell what's important in life yeah which is good and you and you're not fighting for a, re, a reason to be cool you're fighting because you just like it you like the challenge of it which is right. cool so you guys started a little podcast you guys are on what episode
1: episodes we just finished episode six
0: are you doing weekly
1: <laughs> yeah we're trying to do weekly
0: and it's called untapped and it's on youtube
1: that's correct yes
0: yeah so check that out you guys always have fucking good com- conversations i've been
2: uh, checking out some of the episodes uh it's kind of hard doing a podcast
1: mm. no,
0: especially staying
2: consistent yeah yeah it's hard to talk like lights on camera action let's go we're talking right now yep for me it's been like huge benefit of just learning how to talk on the mic Because before I would get so geeked out and even so like I get nervous doing it, but I can tell I'm getting better and better at talking, you know, with the microphone.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely a fucking art of podcasting.
2: (sighs)
1: You guys, you guys definitely were the inspiration to get that done, to watch and to understand even on a deeper level, what that grind is like. I mean, showing up every week, never missing. That's our goal is to just. I mean some of them might not come out that great but we we just want to get them done that seems to be the hardest thing (laughs) yeah
0: dude just being consistent because literally probably nine out of ten podcasts that ever start will just quit right we'll just fucking quit every time but i mean with you guys it's probably a good little uh because you got you you're a great like conversationist and you got levi and then you got dana who used to help us on the timbo sugar show so that's pretty cool
1: yeah that's right yeah uh you know we, got, we buddy up a lot in the community everybody's pretty good friends and things and sometimes I know you and Sean have such a good uh communication where you guys can just talk forever that's the person you know just kind of hit it off when Levi and I were getting together we would just talk sometimes for three or four hours and neither one of us is a huge talker usually so we were like hey you know what we should record some of these and finally just you know with kind of your guys's encouragement and watching you that was a huge inspiration we were like hey let's go for this this is too fun and podcast of you know I know Levi it's the same for him is they've they've uh, helped me so much in my life I'd be in the hospital or like kind of live in the bubble and just put those earbuds in and get into some deep podcasts you know and they just just uh just changed my life I think
0: yeah fuck yeah I mean it just feels like you're hanging out with a hanging out with those people listen to them which is good yeah for me it was it was it was kind of hard. It wasn't even that hard actually. To just say whatever the fuck I wanted, knowing that my parents will listen, uh students will listen, all these people that look at me in a certain way are going to listen to what I'm saying. But then I'm like, fuck it. If they if they if they don't like me because I'm acting literally how I
2: actually am, then they probably shouldn't hang out anyway. Right. I feel like when you talk for like hundred episodes for two hours a piece the truth is going to come out yeah. whether you Ooh. like it or not so you might yeah. as well just truth let it yeah. fly
0: I remember when on the fight master like the Bellator TV show like they they mic'd you up as soon as you wake up and then they take the mics off of you as soon as you go to sleep so wow. you're mic'd up for I think it was seven weeks every day every morning and the first day or two we're like oh we gotta mind our p's and q's we don't want them showing this on tv after the second day it was just like Fuck it all just acting <laughs> a fool so those producers could literally portray any one of us however they fucking <laughs> Jay, wanted to it's crazy you just fucking let go
1: man oh man
0: yeah what do you got an agenda for today call you Let's just got see. done with some shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We just, we're starting a new trial at the Mayo Clinic, kind of excited about this. It's a new class of drugs and, and, uh, we're going to get after that. So it's been kind of a lot of testing going on. And, and, uh, I think we're going to officially start tomorrow. We'll start with the first chemo. So pretty stoked about that. And when they do the chemo, it's an injection or it's an IV. This one is actually the, I have a port and all of the chemos before went through the port. Uh, this one is I think this is the first oral chemo cycles I'll be doing. So it's an oral chemo, completely new new class of drugs. Only three other people have done this specific uh, chemo. They had a little bit different cancers than me, but the results have been really good. This is the the first chance I've had it where we're, we might get remission out of this one. So we're pretty hopeful and excited.
0: And like oral, so it's a pill?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just a pill. Jeez. So and, the,
0: and your one thing you were talking about, the...
1: Yeah, port. port what is that yeah so there's a, a chemo port it, it uh connects to my main jugular so they can get in the chemo when you when you start to take a lot of chemo in through your veins uh it they just kind of wear out after a while and there was there's times effect if, if i get into trouble where i would have just multiple lines when i went through bone marrow transplants uh i at one point, you know, the end bone marrow transplants, it's common to have like 80 lines in at once. And the power port allows you to get multiple lines of fluids, medicines, and all that kind of thing. So
0: that's, that's the port's like an IV or it's like a hole?
1: It's just a, it's like a bump. It's this little, uh, I don't know what material it's made out of, but it kind of protrudes and it's just st- sticking out. It's like a quarter size.
0: And then you plug in.
1: They Yeah, they just take a needle, pop it in, and then hook the line up and the medicine shoots on down. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I, at first I thought, man, when the doctors told me I got to do this, I thought I was, it was all so foreign to me. And I thought, man, I'm going to be some kind of machine or whatever. And I just wanted this thing out of me. And I did get it out at one point And then I, I missed it right away when I got in trouble and had to have a lot of lines and a pick line and catheters and things put into the body. So I got it back and now I'll probably never get rid of it. It's been an asset. I'm used to it.
0: <laughs> so if you could explain the feeling would you say chemo hurts the most
1: pain i would say that the cancer the cancer uh side effects is the worst uh right now we had to kind of delay doing treatment because we had to qualify for this uh trial so when i get more cancer building in my body uh the feeling that you get it's kind of hard to explain it's a really different kind of deep deep fatigue kind of like a really bad hangover and being up for three days sort of thing but the, the tumor pain, you'll, you'll start to get at, at, my, at my, the tumors form on my lymph nodes. So as that advances, they'll start to grow. And I can kind of feel them out of my body. And that, that pain is tough to turn off. So that gets kind of tough. There's, there's uh, night sweats that, that hit you too. So those symptoms, and maybe it's because deep down, you know, hey, this is trying to take me out right now. Whereas the, the chemo sucks too. It kind of you switch gears, but a lot of times when you hit chemo after you've had a lot of cancer in the body, you immediately feel really good. I've had times where it's like, oh, such a relief! Like almost within two hours, I start to feel good, and then there's whole another class of side effects that come: the nausea, the dizziness, and and that you kind just of did stuff. like a bone marrow thing. Awake? Yes, yeah. That's uh, I kind of fit that into our podcast is untapped. So what we're trying to stick with a theme on there is. Where do you go when things get really difficult? Like when, you know, we saw Sugar in his last fight and he got, a, you know, we saw his heart come out when he was really in a, a, a tough, you're in a tough battle when maybe death is coming on you or you're really just pushed past your limits. Where do you go? You go into that, that uh, untapped place. So when I did the, the bone marrow uh, drill, I just declined, the, I still did uh, the lidocaine or whatever for the area. But it's known as the most painful uh, procedure that you can go through. So wow. I kind of wanted to just experience it and see all that, the the stuff, the training that I do uh, over time, the the cold plunge is preparing myself to try to stay in a certain state when I was going through that pain. And it was only about 10 minutes of just really rough pain. But the drill is... Where are they drilling into? It. It's It was in the uh, my lower back, kind of upper hip area.
0: Lower back, upper hip, and they're drilling into your... Bone. Right,
1: right into your bone and through the bone, and then into the bone area, uh, marrow. And then they aspirate; they pull out to get a pieces of bone, and then the bone marrow. And you were awake. Yeah, I was awake through it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I, I won't, I won't do it again. It was what I the the uh, the stress on my body kind of made me. When I went through it, I was okay. I can usually go through something and be all right. Just get myself in a certain state. I was kind of trying to stay. And what really helps me is that. That's one reason why I realized right away, I was like, I got to figure out how I'm going to be able to roll jujitsu in here and not just totally fuck myself up with, you know, all this stuff going on. So I, I kind of felt like if I'm nice to people and connecting with them, they're probably going to be less likely to hurt me. So the same thing with the, the surgeon and the people in there, I'm just kind of trying to talk to them and staying in a good state. Right.
0: <laughs> that's how I am too. Anytime <laughs> I'm dealing with that, I'm like, I just, you're my friend. Yeah, please. man.
1: <laughs> uh, dude, that's fucking insane. <laughs> i I I will say too you know i gotta i gotta throw in there i'm always hoping to talk i love hearing your guys's discussion about the bible and god and stuff but i was deep in with god and you know some people and it could be true maybe it's just kind of my my comfort there but i was really deep in meditation and the holy spirit in that that moment that's fucking insane dude
0: yeah that's another level of pain i mean god you go through that kind of pain and it just makes you so thankful when you're not in that kind of pain no matter what's going on truth i mean being a kid raised with a fuckload of money your parents give you everything you have nice cars you other people look like that like they want it but then that person's just a sad depressed person because they've never even gone through fucking anything
1: that's truth that's truth i just heard dan garner he does this barbell shrug podcast and he was talking about how he thinks it's even important to you know, we work out and put our body through a little bit of stress, but to put that mind it needs to go through a little bit of stress every day to be stronger and kind of adapt and grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What
0: about you, Levi? What do you
1: got going on today?
2: Not much. Wednesdays are I'm off at the field. I think they're gonna what? do sparring here at twelve thirty. So I was like catch the end of that and then roll tonight.
0: Yeah, we got a couple of our amateurs coming up on uh they're having their MMA debut. Mm-hmm it's pretty sweet I mean this program's so fucking new like it's been around for my gym three years these kids have been with me for about two years now so really growing them up to Courtney do such a good job too they have so much knowledge um and I've been trying to spend a lot of time with these kids um so December 10th they're gonna have their their first fight so it'll be sweet I'm pumped to see where our program is in five years because Mm. in in MMA and even Jiu-jitsu to get really really good like I said it takes years half a decade a decade to really start putting your skills together and especially put your skills together enough to do it under the lights mm-hmm. do it when there's a screaming crowd and just let go and be in the moment and just let your 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 previous training just take over which is a skill in itself and the best person i've really ever seen do it at the highest level is Shug. he fucking gets in there and he's so present and in the moment and there's so much pressure on him and he doesn't even think about that pressure he's just in the moment we're in abu dhabi and there's these people with all these outfits and everyone's rooting against him and there's fucking the number one guy in the world peter yawn and he's been seeing for weeks and weeks thousands of people just saying you're going to get fucking crushed you're going to get crushed and even people that are good at mma saying you're going to get crushed you're not as elite as this guy and he gets in there stays in the moment and goes does the game plan exactly how we had it and like i said and he goes through the the uh adversity you were talking about when he got oh. cracked and he's fucking exhausted and he just got cracked there's a time in your mind where i mean the exits right there you could just you could give up you could give up you could give up but being able to counter that in that high pressure of a situation is fucking seriously oh, got badass. Chills.
1: you got me fired up <laughs> yeah it's fucking
0: badass though um so i'm excited for for our uh, mma guys and we're building a pretty cool little group and then my new gym now it's coming together i i I did have these black mats for for like a garage and they were getting people's feet dirty so i ended up buying some more zebra mats so the whole thing zebra matted and there's the boxing ring the bags um it's going to open up december probably december 7th which is next week and it's going to be 80 dollar membership a month and there's going to be some jujitsu and cardio kickboxing so nowhere nowhere else you can do jiu-jitsu for that cheap mm. anywhere else you're going to be for jujitsu, especially it's going to be close to 200 dollars oh, yeah. a month Easy. so this is a good spot where beginners who are scared to sign up can come sign up and learn the beginner's curriculum when you're ready to move over to our gym you're ready to do that so hopefully that works out
1: hey if i did it you guys can do it so
0: yeah 100 percent. <laughs> and my kind of goal is i mean that that place is right literally two blocks from our place here see if i can get how many members i can get in a year and a half two years and then take all this stuff and move it over to this grocery store that's next to us It's twelve thousand square feet, and we could turn that into the the most fucking sweet training center. We could even maybe move Art of Recovery in there, and who much knows how much space we'll have. So it will be pretty sweet in the long run. We'll see.
1: What a dream! I keep thinking twenty twenty five. Levi Kelly, USC. (laughs) You think? Awesome.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, dude, the thing is, I mean, Levi's a good athlete, and a good athlete that can be consistent and disciplined. I'm like, they're gonna get an opportunity eventually. You're gonna. You're, you're going to get an opportunity eventually, whether it's in five years, whether it's six years, whether it's in seven years, you're going to get an opportunity. Um, so I won't be surprised at all if we see Levi. And that's such a
1: big story because there was, there was like Bo Jackson, you know, you guys probably know, know who that is, Bo Jackson, the football player, but, and then there's Deion Sanders and we haven't really had a dual athlete since that time that I, that I could think of. So Mm -hmm. a major league baseball player and a UFC fighter, that's just insane
0: yeah 23 years old too i mean you're 23 and you got a good little base under you already i mean that's that's kind of wish I, I wish for me i would have kind of started and been that old and got an opportunity when i'm when i'm 26 27 28 when i'm more matured and more of a man i got a lot of big opportunities when i was like 21 years old Wow. and in my mind i thought i could whoop all these guys and i'm on these guys level but now looking back i'm like fuck, i didn't
2: know shit. but i thought I could fucking scrap. My whole thing is like, there's no rush because the better I get, like, if I take a fight right now, maybe it's a coin flip, but then three, four, five—I mean, we'll just see what baseball, like, what happens there. But if it's three, four, five years down, then I'm going to be a lot better. Oh yeah. So I think, okay, if I'm fighting an amateur in two, three, four years, what's that going to look like compared to like rushing and taking a fight right now?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. There's no no need to really rush. No, no need to really rush at are, all.
1: Do you get tired of people asking, "Hey, why aren't you MMA coaching? Why, why aren't I MMA? Yeah, coaching? I mean, uh, uh, more pe- more people besides Sugar because I feel like, man, I just want to, as a fan, Levi and I talk about this all the time. If even if we weren't attached to this gym and we lived in another state, mm-hmm. and I watched your show and knew what you guys are doing, I'm going to be just a huge fan. I'm going to, you, you know, people like kind of they follow Tom Brady and people like that. I'm going to be just pumped up and geeked out about about you guys and i i just watching you mma coach is just another thing Do you have like but i hear you say you know i don't really i'm not really interested in coaching other people why is that
0: no i am i definitely interested in coaching the the athletes that have been disciplined and been a part of this program that's why i like I can't wait to coach Joe and Danny and help them as much as possible. I don't, I don't really want to just be a head MMA coach though. Cause I kind of see what they go through and I see what, how they get treated. As soon as someone loses a fight, they're going to, I mean, a lot of people, they'll blame it on the coaches and they won't mm. take, they won't take the ownership, blame it on the coaches. You just spent years with this person, giving them all the knowledge you got. And then they lose a fight for whatever reason. And then they just did it. So you, now you invested all this time. This person just dipped it. And I've just seen how that happened for so many years. And also, I want to have kids and I want to be there for my kids and I want to be at my academy. And when you start coaching a lot of fighters, every single week you're gone. Mm,
1: that makes and especially
0: sense. in the UFC, you're gone from Tuesday to Sunday, a lot yeah. of weeks. You're, that's, that's so that's true. your full week that's sitting true. in a hotel room, being like, fuck, I could be helping my jujitsu students, I could be growing my other shit. But I mean, like i said who knows it's not like i'm not going to be an mma coach we'll see i i I definitely want to just give away all the knowledge i have to my people for sure that's something we
1: don't think about is it how much time goes into that because just sitting back as a fan it's like oh just go coach or whatever you don't think about that you got to be away for two months you got to put so many hours into that
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and that's why i want to i want to I mean Jakar and Courtney they probably got a handful fights left and I want to make them very comfortable to where they can really that can be their main focus too is just build an MMA program and the the thing is too is like I was talking to Courtney about it i'm like i just want what's best for these guys so even if someone does want to leave the gym it's completely okay and if i really care about you and you're actually my friend and you think that's best for you you should definitely do that and go to another gym so if anyone ever wanted to leave and they think it's better somewhere else i'm 100 going to support that
1: right but yeah
0: i mean just taking that full on like i'm gonna be the head mma coach and then try to run this jujitsu program how i'm doing and then try to do it with all my other shit i just don't want to take on so much shit where I'm able to half-ass it. I mean, I'm half-assing so much stuff. I want to do the stuff I want right now. But like I said, we'll see. I definitely want to be a part of if you come here and you want to do MMA, I want to help you as much as I can. So see how it goes.
2: Yeah. I feel like you don't want to spread yourself so thin where it's like, now if you put 20% in something else, then it's like that's coming from somewhere. So something's going to sacrifice for that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it is fucking selfish sometimes. I'm like, dude, sometimes, sometimes I don't want to sign up for shit that all day be coaching. It's like that cuts into my Netflix and chill time, you know? <laughs> and that's actually yes. my time, which Hell is the fucking yeah, you weird thing. That. got that's, that. That. that's my time where I like to think and be creative and and <sighs> get into shit instead of just be like, ah, I'm just holding mitts all fucking day. <laughs> Makes sense, but yeah. So, all right, boys, what do we have for time, Jay? Fifty money. Got anything else, Kyle?
1: uh bible bible let's talk about the bible let's do it (laughs) babe. what what i know your background you had a lot of jehovah's witness type of background what uh have you read through the bible before
0: i haven't read it to cover to cover but i've kind of just looked at different different stories and different translations and 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 compared like the new world translation which is jehovah's witness bible to the um to the older translations and seen and just read some of these scriptures and a lot of these scriptures could be interpreted so many different ways they use so many different words and a lot of it could be interpreted in such different ways so i, I putting my faith completely in this bible that is such an old book that has been changed so many times but the story is still the same i'm like hmm there's there's something to it for sure, because if this has lasted that long and the story's still the same and a lot of the things in the Bible actually happen in history, it's got to make you question some things. So, yeah, I don't know. There's not one Bible that's completely sold me like this is the truth. This is the this is it.
1: Right on. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because you and Sean have probably been more more of an encouragement to me than you'd think about kind of going in a certain avenue about following the bible more and kind of thinking for myself and not just following some pastor at a church uh kind of this the whole tms movement i think is just awesome and i wish i would have come across that like 25 years ago <laughs>
0: yeah and tms for the people who don't know that means having too much sperm it's uh, males deal with it very badly i think females deal with it too but it's not talked about enough I mean, you have TMS, you have too much sperm going on. You could be acting up. You could be acting ways and people are like, why the fuck is he acting like that? It's like, he's suffering from TMS and it's Absolutely. a real, real issue. So I'm glad that's been talked. Yeah. It about. definitely
1: made me, made me make some very bad decisions earlier. Yeah, And it really, it got me thinking too about something because I want to be open, you know, always to maybe I'm wrong about what I'm thinking. Maybe that this, what I've thought and following God and, you know, following the Bible, believing it's true, and all the studies that I've done and things like that, maybe I could be wrong. Because if I can't just think that I possibly could be wrong, then how can I grow? My, and if God is real, I want to continue to grow into eternity. But something that hit me with that TMS is there's uh, there's King Solomon. He's in the, the Old Testament. And he's, uh, we're getting into Bible stories. Like <laughs> so he wrote three books. He wrote Proverbs, which is like the book of wisdom. There's just so many strong sayings in there and i see them quoted a lot in like a lot of self-help books is just one of the best places to get wisdom he got ecclesiastes he wrote which is kind of a self-reflection about where he he kind of talks about it. so what happened with king solomon is that god came to him and said okay you're you're just an amazing guy i want to give you something special and instead of asking for lots of riches and wealth and things king solomon said i just want to have good wisdom to be able to lead the people and I've heard you say something like that before, and I think that's just power. So God gave him the most wisdom of any human that's ever lived on the earth. That's the Bible story. So then he he took that wisdom, and he he also, with that wisdom, he got the most riches of any man on earth. He had uh, 700 wives, 300 concubines, which are just kind of— How many wives? 700. <laughs> and 300 concubines, which are kind of like wives, but they're just— only for sexual purposes, so he had a he had a you know so he
0: he had a place where girls would hang out and it was his little brothel
1: exactly yeah wow. yeah something like that and then the wives too so those are all virgins that were just you know he he got with so a in Eccle- pop cherries <laughs> yeah there you go uh. <laughs> <laughs> he he had thought he you know he he resolved the TMS situation possibly but he in Ecclesiastes he writes about a lot about okay well I had this. And I had the best of this. And I had all this, you know, toil and labor under the sun. I worked really harder than anybody else. And I I achieved this. He said, but in the day, it's a chasing of the wind. It's meaningless, meaningless. And that kind of fires me up. So then then what do you do? He says, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, you gotta you gotta enjoy life. But at the same time, there's to achieve our goals, he's kind of showing us a thread through the proverbs of what to do and what not to do. It's kind of kinda of cool to me. And huh. I think you and Sean actually I think you guys, I shouldn't say actually, I'm very uh, encouraged and I admire that a lot as you know, I think that you guys might take somebody from from the church, the standard church, that saw you guys like, oh, these guys are just foul and you know against God and stuff. No, you're you bring a lot of wisdom from Solomon and the Proverbs into these young guys. And it's I see, you know, I come across them in the gym, they'll come from you know, all around the world, they want to come and train with you guys. And I, I you know, of course there's tremendous success that you have on a skill level that you and, and Sean have done, but there's some huge levels of wisdom that you guys are dropping that really reflect that King Solomon. I think
0: that's fucking awesome.
1: And I appreciate dude. Yeah. That's, and that's it's a just, Bible lesson for today. Yeah. It's fucking good.
0: <laughs> I mean, dude, dude, there's, I think there's so many fucking good lessons in the Bible. I think there's just so many good ones.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the translation thing that got to me for a little bit. So the old Testament is written in Hebrew originally and the new Testament is in Greek. So at one point I was like, man, if I really want to learn the Bible, I got to learn the Greek and the Hebrew. then I got into, Oh shoot, I don't even understand the context of the time that this was written. So like now we have online, we can kind of go in and see, I like, you know, you're talking different translations. It, uh, if I can feel like I can get, you know, kind of an authentic, Uh, translation of the Greek, sometimes I'll look at a few different English translations so I can kind of get a flavor of maybe what it's talking about. But there's a lot of stuff in there that's, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's enough stuff in there where it's kind of hard to understand the exactly what they're talking about but i really try to focus because jesus said that we should we should study these things and receive them like a child which means we don't need some big gun hierarchy top to explain this stuff to it the the simple truths in there we should be able to understand very clearly i think yeah fuck yeah yeah that's good shit how have you read um the richest man who ever lived
2: no who wrote
1: that oh stephen k scott but it just takes all of king solomon's uh wisdom Kind of outlines it for people to uh, just live a better life. I didn't and know it was that. Pretty about good King though. Solomon, I read most though. of it. I want to read that, man. Thanks. So for he that was bit. fucking slaying. <laughs> yeah, he was slanging D. What's a, What's a trip too is that. So King David, who wrote Psalms, that's the one that I've listened listened to in audio or read the most when I get in my jams. There's a lot of emotional therapy in in Psalms. A lot of where I went through that. That's where I I thought about that in the bone marrow Drill thing is. You're going through this, you're suffering, but yet I'll praise God. I'm gonna release it and give it give praise to God. But you have King David and then the son Solomon, and in that thread it goes the lineage goes all the way to Joseph, who was the human fa- father of Jesus. So it's kind of interesting how, you know, if it's if it's true, God raised that whole lineage all the way from Adam up to Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah.
0: The the original Bible would be interesting because it's just been like what kind of headspace were these guys in that were changing it, making these new translations and like the governing body, Jehovah's witnesses have a governing body right. and they can switch rules. They can switch up rules and they can make rules. I'm like,
1: hmm. Yeah. I, I have a big problem over time, especially, I talked to you a little bit about, it. I get really sketched out now. When I, when I first got uh, diagnosed, I was like, okay, God, are you real? And I went on a lot of different, channels of looking at churches and a lot of churches wanted to use my story and i'd spoke in front of different churches and sometimes really big settings and along the way i was i was starting to just kept asking god and studying and studying and i just really got sketched out by any kind of heart hierarchy so if you got you know jehovah's witness or even a lot of the non-denominational christian churches there's some great people out there but i also there's nothing in the Bible that talks about we have to have this heart hierarchy in a church and we all have to be sitting in pews, we have to tithe and you know, we gotta to listen to a monologue sermon for whatever amount of time and just hit this thing. And if I, I look at the churches like in Leviticus or in uh, Acts, that's New Testament, Old Testament. They were, they were completely different. They were in homes. They're people interacting. They're making sure that everybody understands. Everybody can ask questions and know what's going on. And unfortunately, I see a lot of the church, and I think it's what turns people off so much, is there's just somebody's in charge, and they're translating what's in the Bible. They're giving their own version of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're giving their own translation, their own version of it, what it means to them. And then they're making a lot of fucking money yeah. and they don't have to pay taxes. Oof. I mean, underneath all that though, I think there's, I mean, I I enjoy talking about people who are actually smart about religion and actually willing to just kind of talk about it and not get offended. It's, it's it's, it's good that you can do that with people.
1: I totally agree. I think if that's not the case, that person should be asking themselves, wait, what, who am I? Am I following some kind of person here? I'm not, not thinking for ourselves. God gave us free choice and, We should be able to think clearly and it's interesting you guys write uh, a lot this sunday service when you come in to train on sundays and i i love that because i think that this community is probably more of a real deal church than i've ever been involved in it's it's community it's the people it's the freedom you let people be yourself in here we can be a real real person that's that's how it should be i think yeah
0: and some people, I mean, yeah, when it comes to gym, some people want that traditional, you bow to the mat. Your sensei is yeah.
1: all powerful.
2: Like, I don't
0: really want that. I don't really want want that type of vibe.
1: <laughs> that's got to be hard. I mean, I can't say that if I was in that position that I wouldn't, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and accept that. It's probably a good feeling. So that's, that's an awesome trait.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then no knowing there's other people out there can just fucking whoop your ass too. It's good to remember that.
1: Well, nobody can beat up Tim. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no yeah. Chance. <laughs> right.
0: All right, boys. Beautiful podcast. Thank you, Kyle. Check out their uh, podcast,
1: Untapped.
0: Untapped. And uh, thank you, Levi Kelly. Appreciate it. You guys, the man. You thank you, the man. Tins. All right, love y'all.
1: Bye, bye. Love you, man.
0: Peace.